So uh, Matthew 5, 9, uh, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. As always, we always start here with blessed. Uh, the very first word, because this is all, this is always first, because it is the activity of God. Um, that is obviously the crux, the centerpiece, the most important thing of all of scripture and all things in life, um, God's activity. Um, could even say that these are called the blessitudes, or because they all start with, with blessings that come from the Lord. Um, these attitudes are only possible by being blessed by God with them. Um, because we're so far into the attitudes, we're going to kind of, you know, take a break on all of the recapping of all the previous weeks and try to, you know, move forward with, uh, you know, today's uh, devotion and today's study. But if you want to hear any of that, you can always go to Sermon Audio and definitely listen to any of those. Um, <clears throat> but uh, we see next, blessed are the peacemakers. So peacemaker, uh, this is the only time that this word is actually used in the New Testament. Um, and this peace is not just the opposite of war, as we talked about last time. Uh, it's not just, oh, well, these two countries aren't at war, therefore they're peace, you know, there's a peacemaker that brought these two together, as is described here. It's actually talking about something far deeper, a unity, an accord, a harmony, a union. And there's only one who can bring that about in a spiritual sense, in a um, deep and rich spiritual sense, and that is Christ. Um, he is the Prince of Peace, as Isaiah 9 calls him. Um, and he is the only one who can bring about that unity, about that accord, that harmony, and that union. <clears throat> Uh, peacemaker in the original text we also talked about wasn't exactly um, a noun as it would appear here. Uh, so it's actually more of peacemaking. It's talking about an adjective that describes the type of people, um, describes God's people. So we cannot make this kind of peace. We are not princes and princesses of peace, but we serve the prince of peace. Um, so we are a peacemaking people that we do this on his behalf. Um, but he is the one. He is the only way to peace. He is the only way to truth uh, or the truth of peace. He is the only life of peace. Um, and it can be because he is the one and only prince of peace. Uh, but we are blessed by God, as mentioned, to be a peacemaking people. Um, and what is our ultimate blessing? We talk about this every time we talk about the attitude. That's everything after the comma and just about all of them. And that is for they shall be called sons of God. Um, they shall, of course talking about a future tense, as with all of the Beatitudes, there is a future, an ultimate, an eternal promise. And what will happen in the future? Well, it says they shall be called. Uh, this called here, which we're going to spend a lot of time talking about today, is a combination of words is more than just in naming. Um, has to do with worthiness of what someone will be named or called. Um, we looked at it in the negative, talking about the prodigal son, um, who said of himself, I am no longer worthy to be called. Um, he said that he was no longer worthy to be called by his father's name because he had lost that worthiness, not just the name that he would carry, just as if someone could just say it, but the actual, you know, the weight of what it uh, carries in the name. We also looked at it in the positive, though. <clears throat> Talking about Jesus, it says um, in Luke 132, he will be called the son of the most high. James 2.23 describes Abraham um, says Abraham believed and he was called the friend of God. So these are not just titles. These aren't just names. They aren't just something that we don't really think too much about or put too much weight on. They're actually a very lofty and worthy. Um, there's a worthiness to them, a loft to them, a heaviness to them, a weight to them. Um, 
So like I said last time, just uh, what really kind of made me think we should really revisit this subject was something that I thought I didn't really put too much clarity around this and might have even put some lack of clarity around it. So uh, last time I said, it is a lofty naming, a calling really. You will be called a son of God. Like a missionary has a lofty, worthy calling, so do you in Matthew 5, 9, a calling as a son. So while all of that is true, if you are a believer, that is not exactly how the word is being used here in Matthew 5, 9. So that's what we're going to take quite a bit more time to look at today. <clears throat> in uh, Matthew 5, 9, it's how you shall be named. Uh, like in uh, Luke 1, let me read a few passages there, short ones. Luke 132, we already talked about, he will be great and he will be called the son of the most high and the Lord will give him the throne of his father, David. Uh, Luke 135 says the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. And for that reason, the holy child shall be called the son of God. Um, <clears throat> Luke 176. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare his ways. So be called the prophet of the Most High. Um, Jesus is named the Son of the Most High and the Son of God in verses 32 and 35. Um, John is the one who is called um, as, a, as a prophet of the Most High in Luke 176. Um, as it is used here, uh, the word for called means how a person or people are actually known. So it's a title, it's a name. Yes, there's weight to it, but it is still a name and is commonly used by people, by other people, by other men. Um, <clears throat> most literally, this can be someone's name because the same word is used in Luke 160 when it's talking about John's name, saying he will be called. Um, let's see if I pull that up real quick. I have that on my sheet so you can see that reference. Um, <laughs> All the way down to verse 60. It says here, oh, the mother, uh, yeah, but his mother answered and said, No, indeed, but he shall be called John. So this is just a con, this is common. This is saying that's going to be his name for life amongst men. Um, the same thing is said by Jesus when he calls uh, Peter Cephas or Peter uh, in John 142, another one where he will be known by men as that. Um, it was the same with the prodigal son. He will no longer be worthy to be called or be named by his family name um, by other people. Um, also with Abraham, he was called or named the friend of God. And even all these years later, we can call him the friend of God. But that is a name that we would use. That is a, that's more of a common name, uh, a co common calling that we would have. Doesn't mean that it can't have weight. Doesn't mean that it can't have, you know, importance or loftiness, which again, you know, I think I mentioned last time, Lauren and I are weighing I think at this point we're up to, I don't know how many hundreds of names that we've discussed, you know, and talking about what are we going to name the little girl that we're adopting, you know, just we want something important. We want something that has meaning. We want something that, you know, it doesn't just sound nice, but what, what is it actual, what, what does the name mean? You know, if it's just like, oh, it's just like, I don't know, you know, they're a caretaker. Well, that's, that's sweet. That's wonderful. But if it's something, you know, trivial, it's like, eh, I might kind of pass over that one because this kid, this kid's going to carry this long after they're a kid, hopefully, Lord willing, you know, and so there's a loftiness to it, but it is something that all of us as, you know, people would call them. Um, now compare that to a missionary. <clears throat> Not that they're named or called a missionary by us. We can say that they are a missionary, but that God gave them a calling. 
that he set them apart to a specific mission. That kind of sounds like a different use of the word call, right? Um, we see this in Romans 8, as Mark, uh, Mr. Mark has uh, preached on numerous times. Go ahead and pull that up, because we'll be referencing that a bit, too. It says, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, he also justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. So he's not looking at the predestined and saying, well, I guess I will name you called. He's saying, I'm giving you a calling. I'm calling you to something. I'm giving you a mission. I'm setting you apart to a purpose, to a function. Um, so we may refer to name or call God's people his called. But here in Romans 8, it refers to their set-apartedness. I don't know if that's actually a word, but let's go with it anyway. Set-apartedness, not merely what we might name them. Um, <clears throat> another instance of this, longer passage, definitely want to pull up. It's 1 Corinthians 7. You'll see this a lot in here. Um, jump down to verse 15. Yet if the unbelieving one leaves, let him leave. The brother or sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God has called us to peace, called us to something. So this is, again, a calling, uh, calling out of something. For how do you know, wife, whether you will save your husband, or how do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? Only as the Lord has assigned to each one, and God has called each in this manner, let him walk as he has called him in whatever lot he's in or whatever position he's in as he's called him called him from something or to something, um, <clears throat> let him walk. And so I direct in all the churches, continuing on in verse 17, was any man called when he was already circumcised? Circumcised, He is not to become uncircumcised. Has anyone been called in uncircumcision? He is not to, be uh, not to be circumcised. Circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing, but what matters is the keeping of the commandments of God. Each man must remain in that condition in which he was called. So talking about a, a position that he was in, not just merely a name that he had. Um, were you called while a slave? Were you called to this? Were you, were you set on mission? Were you called into relationship with God while you were a slave? Do not worry about it. But if you are also, if you are able also to become free, rather do that. For he who was called in the Lord while a slave is the Lord's freedman. Likewise, he who was called while free is Christ's slave. You were bought with a price. Do not become slaves of men. Brethren, each one of you is to remain with God in that condition in which he was called. So there's a condition around the calling that he calls you to, this mission that he's put you on, not merely a name that you would be known by um, <clears throat> previously. So here we see the call. In this, in this instance of called, we see the called are set apart. To a calling, which means they're put on mission. So if we put all that together, we see the call, they're set apart to a calling that is their mission. Another way to think about it, analogy that we even started this very devotion with, and almost all of our Beatitude devotions with, the very first word of the Beatitudes is blessed. Um, blessed, we have said numerous times, even going back to Psalm 103 devotions from, I don't know, north of a year ago, um, it means that there is a blesser passing down blessings. In this instance of the word called and the way that it's used here in these these ways that we, uh, these uh, verses that we've talked about, called means that there is a caller who is passing down a calling. Doesn't mean that he's just saying, 
a caller who's saying, I'm going to call you by this name. Um, <clears throat> there's also a third bonus form <laughs> of, the word, of the form of the word called, uh, which we're going to look at. And all of these appear together, these three different versions we're going to look at today in Romans 9. So if we jump down to verses 23 and beyond. And he did so to make known the riches of his glory upon vessels of mercy, which he prepared beforehand for glory. You can pause right there. This is really interesting also because as we're talking about called, as we just mentioned a few minutes ago, the called of Romans 8, um, 29 and 30. Um, this follows a really similar pattern in Romans 8. We see those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son, so to be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom he predestined, he also called. So we have predestined, he also called. There's a there's a step one and a step two for that specific pattern. Follow it here in verse 23. He did so to make known the riches of his glory upon vessels of mercy, which he prepared beforehand for glory. So before he calls, he predestines. Here in uh, Romans 9, it says he prepared beforehand, similar to predestining or predestination, <clears throat> which is an activity of God again. Uh, verse 29, uh, sorry, Romans 8, 29 and 30, he predestined and called. Verse uh, 23 of Romans 9, he prepared beforehand, but it continues on. Follows again, still the pattern of what we see in Romans 8. Even us, whom he also called. So we just had predestination, we just had prepared beforehand. Now we have even us, whom he also called, not from among Jews only, but also from among Gentiles. Um, <clears throat> so this is the same calling that we see in Romans 8.30. It's different from the, the naming that we see in the Beatitudes uh, in uh, Matthew 5.9, the Beatitude that we're looking at today. He has set apart and put those he prepared beforehand on mission with a calling. This is again different from the naming. He called, you can be called by a name among, amongst men. That is a calling, you're called by that. However, you're called by the Lord to a specific mission. And that's what we see in Romans 8 as well as Romans 9 here. Uh, so in Romans 9 24, these on mission set apart called ones are Jews and Gentiles, and they are not limited by lineage. So that is a very, very lofty calling indeed. Again, different though from the naming that we find. In the beatitude uh verse 25 we have another version that is used it says and he also said and he says also in hosea i will call those who are not my people my people and her who was not beloved beloved uh this is actually the bonus version because this is the one that is specifically talking about how god will call people this is different from i will call you john or i will call you cephas or i will call abraham a friend of god this is saying God will call people who are not his people. He will call them his people. He will call people who are not his, not beloved. He will call them his beloved. Um, this is only used four times This in this exact sense, in this exact um, mood and tense and voice. is only used uh, five times in all scripture. Here's one of them. The other four is when angels appear and share the names God has decided will be Jesus's and John's. So even though you have, in some cases, people that are actually relaying this, it originates with God. It's a calling that is from God. It is a name that God is giving to someone. Um, <clears throat> of these specifically, I have that one too. 
Of these specifically, we have Matthew 1, 22 and 23. This one is probably one of the neatest ones. Now, all of this took place, talking about Jesus. Um, now, all of this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. So they are giving him a calling. They are giving him a name that he will be known by. But look at where it originates. Verse 22. All this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. So even the naming of this person, of even the calling of this person, of what their name shall be and what they shall be known by, this, uh, of Jesus being named Emmanuel, um, God with us, that originates still with God. So this bonus version is a little different from what we previously talked about in, um, in the previous uh, devotion on this um, on this beatitude. Uh, the third type, though, we see in Romans 9, 26. We have a third straight verse. We have a third different version. And it shall be that in that place where it was said to them, you are not my people, there they shall be called sons of the living God. So ask yourself, does that sound familiar, what they shall be called? Well, if you think back to our beatitude, what does it say? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. So we have the exact same language. There is one word that is different here, that is living, the living God. But otherwise, it's the exact same language for what they shall be called. But as we talked about in the original beatitude, this is the way that it's used here in scripture is talking about the way that they will be known amongst men. Um, <clears throat> it's the same tense, the same mood, the same voice uh, that other men will call or name you sons of God, just as we give names and titles to people. Um, now, that could be a badge of honor to some of us. It could be because who amongst us, if you're truly a believer, doesn't want to be known as a Christian or to be known as of Christ, as Christian means? Who doesn't want to be known as a son of God if you are a believer? But what if those people who are calling you that are not of Christ? What if they are not sons of God? Well, if you want to cheat and you want to study ahead for Lord willing, our next devotion, that would actually be the last of the Beatitudes in this section, which is blessed are those who are persecuted, because that is what that can often lead to. Just because you're known as a son of God, as wonderful as that is, doesn't mean it's always easy. Obviously, in a lost and dying world, definitely doesn't mean it's always easy for us as brothers and sisters in Christ. They very well may hate that thing about you. Um, the Lord willing, again, we will look at that next time when we uh, look at these Beatitudes. But for today, um, I just wanted to really make more of a point about this calling that we have, this joint calling that we have as brothers and sisters in Christ, but also as, as sons of God, but also that we have there's a separation, there's a difference, and there's a clarity in scripture that is so much deeper sometimes than I think originally appears, you know, when you first look at it, that we will be called sons of God by one another, that we are called to a mission by the Lord, which is, of course, separate from that beatitude, but we do find elsewhere in scripture, um, and that God has specific names that he calls his people as well that are not used elsewhere in scripture. So for today, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God, uh, sons of God. Name this by other men in Matthew 5, 9, and set apart by God through a holy calling in these other passages that we've discussed. So um, we'll go ahead and take just a few minutes to uh, pray as I know we're coming up on time. Um, Mr. Rich, would you mind closing us this morning? Thank you. Lord, thank you for your word, and thank you that you call, you make happen uh, through that calling, Lord, of, of 
where a people who were not your own now are your people. <laughs> Lord, those of us before we knew the Lord Jesus Christ through faith in him, through hearing the gospel, through turning from darkness unto light, through repenting of our sins and turning to Christ. Lord, you called us out of that. You called us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And we thank you very much for that, Lord. We praise you for that. We praise you for the work of your son, the Lord Jesus, and accomplishing that for us. Lord God, may you call many from our families, dear God, who do not yet know you, that you might save them. You might give them to know the living bread of life who captures our affections and our trust and our hope. The Lord Jesus, may, dear God, may this calling be something that uh, we can make sure in our lives, those of us who confess the Lord Jesus and, and uh, for years have walked with you, through years have stumbled our way toward the kingdom, dear Father, through many trials, dangers, toils, snares. We've already come, Lord, and, and thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, that we're here this morning, pressing on and <clears throat> taking the kingdom by violence, Lord, by once again coming together to fellowship with the people of God and, 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 and hear your word, Lord, that we might be once again quickened, Father, by the power of that word. The word of God is sharp, quick, divides to the very core of our being or dividing truth and error and light and darkness father this is a wonderful thing that you've called us out of that darkness cause us to walk in light in holiness and righteousness dear father i pray that we put off those things in our lives that might not be honoring to you lord put on the things that do honor you walking in righteousness and truth and love and in the spirit, dear Father, talk teach us to walk in the spirit, make no provision for the flesh. Father, to obey its lusts, Lord, that we might present our bodies as living sacrifices. We might present our members as instruments of righteousness. Father, for your glory, for our good, for the good encouragement of our of our of our dear. Brothers and sisters in Christ, those who are on the same journey, the same path and route to the celestial city, dear Father. What a wonderful thing it is to see that one day we'll be in glory. Ultimately and finally, the final finality of our calling is to be with you for all eternity with Jesus Christ, with the hope, the, the, the great triune God and all its power and glory that we might see it. We might be like the Lord Jesus, because you, we have a hope. Let us purify ourselves this side of the grave, dear Father, because of that hope that we have in him, dear Lord. I pray that uh, you take these words of your word like you will, Lord, and like you do, and comfort our hearts, strengthen us, encourage us to press on, to love one another, to be kind to one another, to love our wives, our children, Father, to... Uh, to 
preach by word and deed and example Jesus Christ to those around us at work and in our homes, in our daily doings, wherever that may be, Lord, I pray that we, we just help us to do that and honor you. Lord, thank you for this word. Thank you for the faithful teachers that come week after week and give it to us and use their time and sacrifice their energies to do this. God, might you be honored and glory in that. Help us today to receive the engrafted word that's able to save our souls and to make us wise unto salvation. Help us, dear God, to deliver us from these encumbrances, Lord, these sins that so easily beset us and cause us to fix our eyes on Jesus Christ. We cannot by law, by merit, by guilt, by weeping, abstain or have power only over any single sin, but only by looking to Jesus. Dear God, being washed by his blood, can coming and confessing and to a faithful God who's, it is incumbent upon you, dear Lord, to cleanse us and to forgive us because you've said it in your word and we believe. So you said it, Father, it's, it's eternal truth, and we trust it, and we come to you. Father, help us now to honor you and worship you this day. Help us have good fellowship in the Lord Jesus, I pray in his name. Amen.